sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. They're kooky and they're spooky. It's time to cross to the other side. Welcome to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Sunday, everyone. We are back in the studio, and this time we have been completely left on our own, haven't we, Renata? What could possibly go wrong? So we are your hosts for tonight's show. My name is Anne Rekovich, and I'm a paranormal investigator. And who are you? Uh, I'm I'm your sidekick, <laughs> literally. <laughs> Renata Daniel. Hold on, I had to think of what my name was, and I am also a paranormal investigator. And you're also a very gifted psychic medium, tarot reader. Oh, I am. Mm. <laughs> And if anyone's watching our live on the Anne and Renata Frightfully Good page, you'll see us all merched up. And uh, we have to give a big shout out to Cotton Colour, who provided us with all these T-shirts and hats and, and mugs and all amazing I things. Know. And they just deposited it on our doorstep and were so thrilled. So if you need T-shirt needs or anything like that, check them out. Cotton Colour up in Cessnock. And thank you guys so much for that awesome gift. And I tell you what, geez, they're, they're good and they're quick. They are very quick. Absolutely. So we've ordered some stuff. Ooh. Now, what have we got on tonight? Renata, what's happening? Oh, well, we've got um, a weird and wonderful story from Australia. Mm-hmm. We have a weird and wonderful story from overseas. Mm-hmm. We have also Trash and Treasure, which is one of our <gasps> favourite Check in the box tonight. I'm very excited about the check in the box. And uh, another fantastic paranormal story. We have Q&A, paranormal Q&A, and we've got stacks of questions uh, that we can answer tonight for people live. And we also, uh, if we can squeeze in some tarot questions, we will do that as well. Yeah. And oh, we've got Christy coming on oh, as Christy, well. Oh, Christy. Christy's going to yeah, deal with... them. she's going to teach us to distress. De-stress. Be careful you say that. De-stress. Okay. All right. So let's start off with the paranormal news. Have you got the first story? Um... I haven't got any paranormal news this week other than other than this afternoon I actually watched the first episode um, of the new um, American horror story. Yeah. It was freaking awesome because it's all about vampires. Oh. Yeah. These, this couple goes into this tiny little township um, outside of New York. They're trying to find a place where they can write and um, you know, do some work. And uh, lo and behold, within the first few hours that they're there, strange things start to happen. It's an American horror story. Yes. So it it's is, in the, It's fantastic. The last another one. Another season. Yeah, the last one we watched was absolute shite. Oh, okay. (laughs) Fair enough. Yep. Uh, But this one, I'm telling you guys, it's good. Well, I started watching uh, a new one on Netflix called Chapel, Chapel Wait, Chapel Wait or something like that. Uh, And uh, it's also a vampire one. Is it? It is. Must be the flavour of of the the month. Yeah, yeah. They're they're missing Edward from Twilight. So anyway, I do have paranormal news. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Well, so let me tell you my paranormal news. So this is, uh, it uh, popped up in the newspaper in the mirror.co.uk where you can find all your best news. Of course. Wasn't actually on Higgy Pop this week. Um, And this is uh, an article that the the spooked out guest reported. Oh, hang on. Man claims hotel needs visit from the Ghostbusters after a birthday trip. 
Right. Okay, the spooked out guests reported hearing noises on the ceiling and in the toilet at 2am in the morning and claimed there was someone standing by his door trying to get in at the Norbreck Castle Hotel Blackpool. So that that's the heading. That was just the heading. If you hear a bump in the night while staying at this hotel, one spooked out guest thinks he knows who you should call. The man and his family booked a stay at Norbreck Castle Hotel with his family earlier for a birthday celebration. But he was a little uneasy about his visit and claimed he wouldn't be coming to this prison again. This is another Britain story, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he first complained of the Blackpool's establishment's beer tasting like water, but then his paranoia took hold and he insisted the hotel needed Ghostbusters. The spooked out guest reported hearing noises on the ceiling and in the toilet at 2am in the morning and claimed there was someone standing by his door trying to get in. Now, that's not necessarily something paranormal, mm-hmm. someone standing at your door trying to get in. But scary, but not paranormal. Yeah, I don't think it's paranormal. And um, hearing noise in the toilet, well, it depends how thin the walls were. Really, <laughs> was it? Could be in it. It could be someone in the next room going, ugh. No? Maybe. Anyway, his name is David C. And um, I think I might know what that last name stands for. <laughs> Took to TripAdvisor to share his experience at the Seaside Hotel. Don't you love TripAdvisor? <laughs> I do. I look, for our True Hauntings podcast, it gets some of the best stuff off there. Awesome. Uh, in his review titled, Was My Birthday at This Rubbish Hotel? <laughs> Keep Well Away. <sighs> Not happy with this hotel. Room smells of damp. Hallway smell mouldy. Don't go if you have asthma. Uh, he then continued on with his beer tastes like water, breakfast, not much choice, people running up and down in the corridors. Where's security at night to, this, to stop this? Beds are uncomfortable. Also, the place needs the Ghostbusters as well. No games room open, which is misleading. One of the staff told me there's also weird people. What goes to this hotel standing by doors at night? <laughs> Do you think maybe it's a brothel? Oh. And that they're just waiting for someone to finish their turn. Yes, it could be. <laughs> it's a, one of those places you book by the hour. Uh, David C. added, very haunted as well. So people who reading, save your money and keep well away from this hotel. Well, in actual fact, that just fires us up to go, doesn't it? It does. I don't it know does. if I like the sounds uh, of the beds, though. I do love a, a corridor vigil. We're, we're good at hallway vigils. Hey, it could have been us. <laughs> we could have been the people who look corridors at night. Yep. But they would have heard bipping from REM pods and things going on as well. Absolutely. And us sitting there going, if there's anyone here. Make that can, light go off. Can, can you, you make please that light go off? touch that silver bowl <laughs> and make the lights flash? We'd yep. be very grateful. <laughs> Can you knock like this? <laughs> oh, that's what we do. Yeah, yeah, and that reminds me of Patrick's story. Remember, he went and stayed at one of the haunted places that we did a, a story about. Yeah, and uh, he heard some teenage kids outside his door in the middle of the night going, oh, this is the haunted room. Let's see if there's anyone there. So he snuck up to the door and I think he grabbed the door handle and rattled it or did something to it and scared the bejesus out of them and made two little ghost hunters right there and then on the spot. Absolutely. That's what you do. Yeah. So that was my paranormal news and that was actually from August. Mm That was this month. So Mm -hmm. it was a fairly, it's a good freshy one. Yep. All right. What have you got? Worms. I've got worms. Well, great. Okay. Do we have time? for this story for well, worms? Well, crack out your worms. Okay, all right. 
So this is about the Mongolian death worm. I love this when I found it. Um, it sounds like a fantastic lethal creature that might be found in the 1950s pulp science fiction novel or sci-fi television movie, but some people believe that a large, deadly worm-like creature called the Mongolian death worm exists in the Gobi Desert. Now, the thing that interested me is because I was immediately drawn to the new movie Dune. Oh, yes, my husband is obsessed with Dune. And guess what lives in the desert? As it stands there, a the big, big worm. funky worm. That's a big worm that produces spice. Yep. So according to British biologist Carl Schuker in his book The Unexplained, an illustrated guide to the world's paranormal mysteries, one of the world's most sensational creatures may be concealed amid the sands of the southern Gobi Desert. It is said to resemble a large fat worm up to a metre long, three feet, and dark red in colour with spike-like projections at both ends. It's spends much of its time hidden beneath the desert sands, but whenever one is spotted lying on the surface, it is scrupulously avoided by the locals. Run away! <laughs> According to legend, the dreaded Mongolian death worm, which local people call Olgoi Kokokoi... <laughs> Cor-coy. What was that about a cock? All goy. Oh, no, I'm going to do it. It's loosely translated large intestine worm. Oh, nice. And it lives up to its name. It can kill in several fearsome ways, including spitting a stream of corrosive venom that is lethal, lethal to anything it hits. And if it doesn't do the trick, it is said to be able to electrocute its victims from a distance. What the hell? Rarely seen and never photographed, it is mentioned in a 1926 book by paleontologist Roy Chapman Andrews, who didn't believe in the animal's existence, but noted that stories of it circulated in Mongolia. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, and this is despite or perhaps because of it, the creature's fearsome name, they don't call it the Mongolian happiness worm after all. I know another worm that many, spits. <laughs> many intrepid explorers have set out into the Gobi <coughs> Desert seeking the beast. Numerous organised expeditions and searches have been made over the years, but both independent researchers and in conjunction with television shows. Hmm. Many of these who believe in the creature acknowledge that there is no hard evidence of its existence. It's in Dune. Oh, it's got it to be real. It's got to be there. Yeah, but instead believe that legends and stories of them must have some basis in historical truth. There you go. Oh, that's that's a great story, Renata. Mm, absolutely. Worms that spit and electrocute. Yeah, in the Gobi Desert. In the Gobi Desert, there no less. Are. Well, look, I think with that we might head off to a song and uh, then come back and what are we going to do after the break? What have you got? Uh, I have a fabulous story that has an association with Newcastle and it's to do with a bath tub and lots of concrete. Right, okay. That sounds fabulous. Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata, only on Newcastle Live Radio. And that was a timely reminder to join the Newcastle Live Radio Facebook group because we've got some photos up there that we're going to be referring to in the Paranormal Trash or Treasure um, and also a, a, a lovely character that's there, which we will talk about a bit later on. But you'll need to, to pop over onto that page to uh, have a look at those. But now we head into our Australian ghost story. And Renata, I'm going to hand the mic over to you. Mm, thank you very much. So this story 
story is from the ABC Coffs Coast and it was originally written by Melissa Martin and it is all about South Solitary Island Lighthouse, which is allegedly haunted by a ghost girl who was buried in a bathtub. Mm, wow. You know, I grew up on, a, on an island with yeah, a lighthouse. You did. At Nobby's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Explains a lot for me. Mm-hmm. Mm, been trying to get on to Nobby's ever since. Yeah, mm, okay. never mind. It's <laughs> another story. Let's not go there on live uh, radio. <laughs> so in 1912, a 17-year-old girl died at a remote island lighthouse off the New South Wales mid-north coast. She had succumbed to typhoid during a raging storm on the rocky island, leaving her family no choice but to entomb her body in a bathtub until she could be moved to the mainland. It's not like they have refrigeration or anything like that, is it? They just How tragic. That's so sad. So they had to bury her in the bathtub. Yeah, now Two photos are going up onto Newcastle Live Radio um, Facebook group. Christy! <laughs> one of them is of the lighthouse itself, but the other one is a beautiful photo of this lovely girl when she was just a teeny weeny baby. Aww. Yeah. yeah. The poor chicken. Oh, here she goes. She's got pages and pages. Oh, I haven't got it with me, but it's on, it's on the Facebook group page if you want to go and have a look. Face group? Facebook group? Yeah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) When the storm calmed, Lydia Gow's body was shipped off South Solitary Island for burial. But some, like Darren Squibb, who lived on the island during the 1970s, say her spirit never left. I heard footsteps moving about the house, Mr. Squibb said. What a great name. That's an awesome. I I want to take him fishing and we'll get some squid. I guess guess that was his nickname at school. I was squiddy. Mum. I wonder if he spits black ink in people's face when he gets annoyed. Oh, no. I'm sorry, people. I've made her lose it again. Mum told me later she'd go into the kitchen in the morning and find things rearranged. Now, Selena Lydia Gow fell ill in November 1912 and her father, the principal lighthouse keeper, called for a doctor from the mainland. Rob Trezice, a former lighthouse keeper and president of the Friends of the South Solitary Island Lighthouse, said... Is is that a group? (laughs) There's a little group that gets together called Friends of the Solitary Island Lighthouse Group? (laughs) Seriously? Don't diss them. How come I didn't know about this group? I grew up on an island with a lighthouse. Nobody invited me. I feel left out. Stop. They could have very rousing meetings, you don't know. What happened this week? (laughs) Never mind. Um, So Rob Trezai said heavy seas and strong winds hampered the doctor's journey and when he arrived it was too late. Lydia had contracted typhoid and that was in those days basically fatal, he said. She passed away before she could get her before they could get her off the island. With the storm raging, there was no way of getting Lydia's body to the mainland for several days and burial was not an option. The island is nearly all rock and there was really no topsoil that they could dig up to put her grave on there, Mr Trezice said. Uh, 
Archives held at Lydia's final resting place, Sandgate Cemetery, people. What? What? Sandgate Cemetery. That's down the road. That's the dead centre of Newcastle. That is right. Well, I had to do that joke. State her mother did not want her body thrown into the sea, so she was placed inside one of two bathtubs covered in either concrete or lime before the tubs were soldered together. This is a horrible, horrible story. Oh, it's so sad. Yeah. The teenager was buried in Newcastle four days after her death, and according to some sources, she was still inside the tub. Well, if they put her in cement, I don't know how they'd get her out. No. They'd just have to bury the bathtub. It became a coffin, basically. Yep. So her her parents never went back to a lighthouse again. That was the end of them, Mr. Trezai said. Now, when uh, in 1971, the then nine-year-old Darren Squibb moved to Solitary Island, South Solitary Island, where his father took a job as a lighthouse keeper, from the first day, he said he felt there was something strange about their new home. I remember sitting on one of the boxes in the lounge room and looking around and sensing that there was something odd about the house. During his two years on the island, Mr Squibb said he became traumatised by constantly feeling a presence in his room, the sounds of footsteps in the hallway and someone playing with his hair as he tried to sleep. He also believes he saw the ghost of Lydia Gow after running into his mother's room during the night. I could see what appeared to be a very shadowy sort of flowing light up in the corner of the room. That's the only time I saw anything visually. Mr Squibb said his father also believed he saw a ghostly figure in the house on a separate occasion, but did not say anything until after the family left the island. Following the encounters, Mr Squibb said he began having nightmares, started sleepwalking and became a very nervous child. So his parents chose not to tell him that they were having similar experiences. Don't you hate it when people don't <laughs> share things with each other? No. Like we always say this on the tours. If something's happening to you, speak up and say something because the person next to you could be having that same experience. And then, then when you've got two separate people having the same experience, it becomes something of interest. Yeah, but do you scare the child further or do you kind of go, no, it's just your imagination, don't worry, nothing But at least the parents is... would have known. Yeah, but do they want to tell the child or do they want to keep it a secret so that... Satan's come to take your soul, Sonny, Mr. Squibb. So they downplayed my fears and concerns and experiences. It wasn't until probably eight or nine months after we came off the island that mum sat me down and she acknowledged for the first time that, yes, the house was haunted and mum and dad had experienced things on almost a daily level. What? Mr. Squibb has returned to stay on the island on several occasions to carry out restoration work on the cottage. I often think perhaps one day in the future I'd like to spend a couple of nights in our house. At the moment you can't because it's all boarded up and dilapidated. For two weeks Sorry, for two weeks, every August, tourist flights are made to South Solitary Island. Except during Rona. Staff at Precision Helicopters have their own stories to tell of Lydia and even joke that she's been on the mainland. We do laugh that sometimes we might come back on the helicopter just for a bit of a run around on the main island and she'll just fly back out to the island 
Office manager Joe Young said, Ms Young had her own unexplained experiences she believes might be Lydia's work. When the tours were being conducted in 2018, she came into the office one morning to find a historic photograph of Lydia on the floor, three metres from where it had been hanging. I thought, well, that's a bit strange. It's never fallen off in the past two years and other photo frames were all up. And so I put her back up on the wall, but then the next day it flew off again. Lydia's was the only frame that fell off the wall. Miss Young said the volunteers who restore the cottage often came back with stories of strange happenings. They hear sweeping in the passages, doors are locked and unlocked and things are moved around, she said. Last night a torch came on in the middle of the night and scared everyone. I'm not sure how that happens. I'm just trying to have a look to see exactly where that is on a map because if they've brought her to... Um, Sandgate Cemetery. It must be close to Newcastle. Surely. Well, um, this again was written up uh, at Coffs, Coffs Harbour. Oh, so it must so, be near Coffs Harbour. Yep. Uh, we do have to go to a song. But Leslie, that, get on to that, will you? Isn't that an interesting story? <laughs> yeah, that was fascinating. I, I quite enjoyed that yeah, one. And I, I, I can, do want to find her grave site. Yeah, I think that would be really lovely. And we can go and put some flowers on her grave and let her know she's not forgotten. Absolutely. All right. Is it time for a song, is it? It is. All right. Well, let's head to a song. Oh, this is Eagles. I love a bit of Eagles, but stay around because we do have, coming up after this, uh, our paranormal Q&A. We've got tons of questions. We've got so many questions. It's freaking amazing. Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata, only on Newcastle Live Radio. Now, before you go on with anything, uh, there's a few shout-outs that we want to do. And look, guys, if you would love to have your paranormal group mentioned live on Newcastle Radio, live for Newcastle Live Radio, then um, send us a message on the Sunday and we will do it for you. Absolutely. If there's someone, or you having... can text it in right now to zero four nine zero eight four triple eight six. You could, you could. <laughs> um, if if you've got a loved one having a birthday party and they're a big fan of the paranormal, same thing. Text it in, and we will give them a shout out. We might even sing them happy birthday. You never know. But we are going to give a shout out to HV Paranormal, and they are a local paranormal group. Up in the Hunter Valley, yep. Up in the Hunter Valley, so we're giving them a big shout out. Hi from HV, or hi hello, hello to, to HV Paranormal, and also Bundaberg Paranormal Investigations. An oogie boogie spooky to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to give a shout out to Oz Paratech for all your paranormal needs, all your paranormal equipment, ozparatech.com. Sorry, I had to do that. <laughs> right, okay. Anyone else that we can think um, of? Well, we can think of Anne and Renata. Oh, Anne and Renata. Who are they? <laughs> Two old chickies? Um, oh. <laughs> because we have like hundreds of decks of Oracle cards for sale. We do. Don't forget you can buy the frightfully good, naughty and nice Oracle cards from our website. We've finally got it on the website, frightfullygood.com. That's the only place you can buy it now. Um, now, what have we got now? This is the, the paranormal Q&A and yes. we're not even going to open up the phone lines because we've got so 
many questions tonight that I'm just a little flawed. So what's our first one, Renata? So the first one comes from gorgeous Liz, Liz Damon, who asks, why did the Warrens put a devil tarot card in the case where Annabelle, where the Annabelle doll is? Now, I have noticed that and I never thought to ask why they would do that. Now, before we explain why it's in there, what does the devil card mean in the tarot deck? Well, the devil card is a major arcana card and it talks about addiction, addictive processes, things that bind us, even though they don't necessarily bind us. We think we are bound by them. Right. So it's um, like addictive things that we do or self-sabotage that we do. Absolutely. Um, yes. The relationships that we have, things that we feel we're controlled by, mm-hmm. but we're not really. And when we look at Annabelle the doll, she is considered to be um, possessed by a demon. Is that correct? That's correct. That's why she's in a glass cabinet. So they've put the devil card... Mm-hmm. into the cabinet, which apparently you're never allowed to open up because she will kill you. Unless it's alive and it's shown all over oh, the And you wear, you've got to wear um, chain mail gloves. Like he had chain mail and, and, gloves on. And there's on. a smoke machine in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so <laughs> that is true. <laughs> um, they Apparently they've put that card into the case mm-hmm. for protection. Mm-hmm. I don't understand how that works. Yeah. You would think they'd put like um, the Archangel Michael or something like that in there, Mm. not the devil card. Mm. Interesting because the background of of the Warrens is very... um, Christian. Christian. They do believe that God is the Redeemer and uh, assists people in ridding them of... um, Evil, so you would think they would put a, a picture of an angel or a little statue. Yet they've put the devil card in, which is quite interesting. Um, but if you Google it, um, the answer to that is protection. Yeah, so there for protection. So go figure which that one. That makes no sense whatsoever. Um, quick question here: uh, What's your number one paranormal location on your bucket list? The Holy Grail, the place that you do anything to tick off your list. Oh gosh. I think I want to go to one of the big sanatoriums, the, like Waverly Hills or something like that in America, mm. anywhere in um, uh, New Orleans. Anywhere. Anywhere. I want to go anywhere. I, I tell you what, I'd, I would love to go to the Coliseum. Oh. That is on my bucket list. Nice. To see what I could sense there. Mm. I don't know how easy it is to actually hear anything with the noise of the cars and everything that are going around it. Um, although we are going to explore some stories about the Vatican. Yeah, yeah. Va- Vatican. 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 <laughs> <laughs> in, in the next couple of weeks. So, I mean, if you gave me two or three days downstairs in the um, vaults of the Vatican. Oh, yeah, good luck. <laughs> There's no wear, way, Jose. <laughs> I, would, I would wear a coat with lots of pockets. All right, but let's let's get on to the next question. We've got one here from Kim Anderson. How do you know an object is haunted? Mm, well, that's interesting. Most people probably wouldn't know that an object is haunted unless things start to change in the house and it makes or wherever that that object is, and it makes them start to be suspicious. So one of the questions we would ask is, what's new? What has come into the home, or where have you been um, that has made things, or since things? Have changed, mm-hmm. and some people and I did. I do remember um, a story very long time back when I was called up at one o'clock at mid.
midnight with a scream. What? Hang on, one o'clock at midnight. (laughs) (laughs) She's very good with her maths and her numbers on the clock. One o'clock in the morning. One o'clock at midnight. Yeah, keep going. I'm listening. The screaming man at the other end going, my wife is possessed. You've got to come over and you've got to do something about it now. Oh, my God. Now. Have you really had a phone call like that? Yes. Oh, Lordy It's one of my best stories ever. And it Go really, on. It really did happen. And uh, long story short, we found out that she bought something off the um, off eBay. <laughs> <laughs> the trash or treasure. One of our trash or treasures. Be warned. Well, this is, this is going back 15 years and um, from that moment on, she had turned into something that was vile. Interestingly enough, in the background, in the background, you hear her gurgling. You hear her going, <laughs> I can't even do it. <laughs> I know where you live. I thought it was a radio station. <laughs> they were going to give me a prize. And it wasn't. It was true. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. It happens. Right. There you go. Okay. So, so what did you do? you got to tell us what you did now. Um, well, I told her. I t- Wake up to yourself, woman. <laughs> it was a long, long conversation. And um, in the end, I said, I'm not coming to anybody's place at one o'clock in the morning. I'm sorry. You're going to have to deal with this in the morning. And I'll give you the number of someone to call. <laughs> That was that was fifteen years ago. Fifteen years ago. Now she would have called ago. me and said, "Let's go." Yep, that's exactly right. <laughs> when it's not lockdown. Yes. Oh, all right. So, um, have we had some more questions. Oh no, we better actually go to it. We'll, we'll pop off to a song as you do, and we've we'll pop, off to- <laughs> pop off because I might just pop out of the studio and, and pop I, off. I- <laughs> Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata only on Newcastle Live Radio. And we're back with Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. God, I had to remember which show we were on then. This is the problem when you do a few few little jobs here and there, isn't it, Renata? That's true. Now, we've got some more questions that have come in. Thank you guys so much for sending in such amazing questions tonight. You're making us think. <laughs> it's had to take Panadol. But I do want to uh, just mention this story sent in from gorgeous Joe Ingram. Uh, we mentioned last week with the full moon that um, you can put your crystals outside yeah. to bathe in the light of the full moon and she wrote back and she put I put my crystals in a cage out in the full moon as some of mine ended up in my local magpie's nest long climb up a tall gum to retrieve them (laughs) you won't be doing that again oh Renata we did read that out last week but that's okay (laughs) oh no oh we do love Auntie Renata <laughs> anyway, Erin's uh, got a question for us, yeah, our, our, our number one Aaron. fan. Yeah, beautiful Erin. And Erin's doing a little bit of research for me. God, God love her. Thank you, Erin. Um, but her question is, why would someone make up history and ghost stories like the Blair Witch? Now, we actually covered the Blair Witch in our True Hauntings podcast, and it was a fascinating research. Uh, and what they did is they actually started telling this story way before the movie came out to spread the seeds of 
that this was a true haunting. And they were actually trying to make out that it was a true haunting. So the reason why they did this is because they they wanted to have this very differently filmed type of movie come out and have people think it was real. So for them, it was to promote their movie. And the lady that actually created the story took little bits of information that were true, but then created bigger stories around it. Um, And I mean, she refers to uh, there's documents and journals and things, and people still turn up in that town saying they want to see the journals Mm -hmm. from from that. Yep. And they keep saying, no, but it was all faked. It was all for a movie. So in that particular case, it was done um, to promote a movie uh, and a backstory to make people think it was real and freak people out. And they did a fabulous job. I, I don't particularly like the movie myself, but they did a great job for marketing. Uh, other times people make up stories is that they like to make fun of people like us who love a good ghost story and they'll feed us absolute bull tripe mm-hmm. um, just because they think that's a hoot. That's true. And I don't like that. Or they do it because they want to feel special. Yes. We need to get T-shirts made up with, I'm special. <laughs> so thank you for your question, Erin. Cotton colour. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming your way. Um, we have another question here. It is, I'm thinking of building a Faraday cage for investigating. Have you used them and what do you think? That's from beautiful Joe. Now, what is a Faraday cage first, Anne, because okay. you're the expert? In the paranormal field, it is a, um, well, we use a, a metallic cloth uh, to make it into a pouch, and it blocks radio signals from coming into our spirit boxes that we use, because the spirit boxes sweep through the radio station, and some investigators like to do that to get rid of um, stray radio sounds like people like us. So just don't use it between 8 and 10 on a Sunday night. Um, and other ways that people will do it is that they will remove aerials from their spirit boxes and things. And I really recommend you don't do that because it means you can't go back and you void your warranty. Um, so what you can do is you can make your own Faraday cage just by getting a box and lining it with aluminium foil. And then you pop your uh, spirit box, your radio sweep inside that box and then put the lid on and that then becomes a a Faraday cage blocking out the RF, the radio frequency. But remember, as soon as you pick up that box and you touch it, then you yourself become the antenna. So you you can't touch it. You've got to put it somewhere that it's not going to um, connect to something to then start picking up radio signals. So that's why give it a crack um uh it i don't know it just makes it more interesting i suppose when you do get some sort of message that comes through but i personally like to use the radio waves because i think because they don't have vocal folds they can't talk to us that they may choose a word from the radio frequencies to actually answer our questions when we're doing a spirit box session Mm, that is right um do you like using the faraday cage Mm, no. Not necessarily. No, I, I, I very rarely use it, but um, I, I think probably for the public, when we're doing public tours and things, I wouldn't do it because it would get rid of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
people who are new to this, they, they want something to be happening. They want to hear um, bits and pieces coming through. So mm. we, we go with the option that they're choosing the words from the frequency. I think maybe if I was just investigating on my own mm-hmm. or with you, mm-hmm. then they might give the the, um, the Faraday, Faraday cage, cage a shot. A but shot? Yeah, it just depends on your personal preferences. Yeah. We have so many different uh, pieces of equipment now that you can use to bring in those voices of the spirits and ghosts. It's mm. uh, quite an, an interesting and um, fabulous time for ghost hunters. It really is. Yeah, we might even do a live ghost box session on our Anne and Renata Frightfully oh, Good page. Yes. We'll just let it run and see what people hear. What do you reckon? Yeah. Alright, now look guys, we've got to get off now to a song so we can get to the news on time, but when you come back, we're going to be having our paranormal trash and treasure. We've got Jack in the Box and uh, I've got a really weird story about uh a man who calls himself the returned Jesus, who was a sex maniac. So I'm just going to leave that there because I'm going to get in trouble. I know I'm going to get in trouble. Don't blame me. I'm just reading the story. All right, guys. It's time to cross back to the other side. Welcome back to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Yes, welcome back. And it's me, moi, the, the difficult one. I've put her in the hot seat now. I've popped over into the guest chair and Renata's on the desk. Oh, now, I have, heaven help me I, now. I have actually said to her, come on, it was a flawless first half. <laughs> Up to you now to right. carry it on. Okay. I will do my best. Look, I've got to say, I love this photograph that you've put up on the Newcastle Live Facebook page. It is awesome. Mm-hmm. The, the lad in the, the red robe. Oh, yeah. It's we're, very nice. We're actually not going to be talking about him first. Yeah, I know, but I'm still <laughs> just mentioning, just in case people yeah. want to go and just check it out before we start. But we're going to Trash and Treasure now. Yes, and the photo is on the, the same group. Yes, so yes. we've got a lovely picture of a jack-in-the-box. And I did ask people to have a guess at, um, how much he sold for and what they think of him and uh, of course people said that he, he looks a bit scary because he is a clown but let me tell you he was listed as haunted jack of terror demon detached of course levitates Jack can pop up at any point in he, time. Apparently he pops up and plays by himself, mu- oh, music oh, that is. By himself, right, okay. <laughs> plays music by himself. Okay. Um, and, and this was uh, from eBay yet again. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you how much he sold for to the very end because I'd like you to have a guess after I read this out to you. Um, once again, the stories that are attached to these haunted items just astound me. For those who are new to this segment, this is where we go onto eBay or Gumtree or one of those places. eBay is my favourite place. Where you get all the best haunted yep. things. And we, we look up things that claim to be haunted and uh, we, we determine whether it's paranormal trash or treasure. And it's become that popular that we've actually now done a YouTube series that just started up on it. So you can uh, have a look on that on our YouTube page, which is Anne and Renata. Now, let me get on to the story. Mm, please do. This is one of the most dangerously evil haunted vessels that I will ever sell, and for several specific reasons. Do not be deceived by its size. Oh, apparently Jack's little. This little musical clown in the box has been nicknamed as the Jack of Terror. 
I hope I make it absolutely clear that this musical box is not to be played around with because it is seriously not a joke. It is utterly crucial that anyone who is not experienced with demonic entities should not purchase this. I always include in my listings that only those who are experienced with the paranormal should purchase my items, but the majority of the spirits I have here are positive spirits. This one is not. <laughs> it's pure evil, demonic, and does not need to be in the wrong hands. I... <sighs> Sorry, I just get really cranky sometimes. <laughs> I can't help it. But they're going to sell it. They're going to sell it on eBay it. to anyone who Absolutely, wants to put that. Because yeah. people yeah. feel they're special, mm -hmm, and I think, oh, we can handle that. They have that. a conscience, obviously. <sighs> Let me keep going because there's going. quite a bit of information here. Yep. Again, I strongly recommend that any potential buyer of this musical box should be completely experienced with paranormal slash demonic entities. I cannot be held responsible for any activities or mental or physical harm that this musical box may have on its new owner or anyone else. You will be purchasing it at your own risk. Let me warn you of the experiences I have had um, I have had and experiences that several others have had while being in the presence of this musical Jack of Terror before you consider purchasing it. There is a demonic entity attached to this thing. <laughs> but I am unsure of the name of the evil demon that is attached to it because he has not given me his name. If he has uttered his name, I am unaware of it because the only things I've ever heard are demonic laughing, whispering, and talking in a language that I do not understand and in a tone that literally gives me chills and makes my hair stand up on my skin. Mm. His voice puts an overwhelming amount of terror in me. The kind of terror that runs through me is truly indescribable. I could say it's like being on one of those rides at the state fair. <laughs> I wouldn't put it in the same category well, at on. all. Hang on, let me finish. Oh, okay, right. It could right. be a ride that terrifies right. you. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it reminds you of the rides at the State Fair or the Matara here in Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> where you are way up in the air and suddenly dropping straight towards the towards the ground in seconds, but even that doesn't come close to the terror this demon gives. <laughs> Jack in the box. For goodness sake, wake up to yourself. Jack of terror, please. Oh, okay, keep going. I got this musical box from a man who said he'd bought it from a well-known demonologist. Right. He wanted to display it in his own museum of other haunted possessed items. However, within just a couple of days, he was completely horrified and took this musical box directly back to the demonologist who refused to take it back his own self. I wonder mm. if it was the Warrens. They oh. would have wanted that for their, their museum. They, they Yes, Because this, this It's an American listing. If they're talking about state fair, it's an American listing. Mm. Okay. I wanted to study it myself because while I was there, I actually saw the musical box start profusely shaking. Mm -hmm. And I'd even heard it play music on its own and a knocking sound on the floor beneath oh. it. 
I also wanted to see if there was anything I could do to rid this musical box from the demon that is attached to it, thinking that it's probably that it probably wasn't as evil as the man described. He agreed to giving me this musical box with the understanding that I could never return it back to him. He said that he positively wanted nothing else to do with it and didn't even want to be further contacted about it. Can I just say at this stage, I wish that eBay had a limit on the amount of words that people could write about an item. Yeah, but the more you write, the more real the story is. They're good storytellers. This is what they are. And the, the English on this one's pretty good. I did reach out to the well-known demonologist for further information. He very firmly stated as well that he never wanted anything to do with this musical box, that he did not want to even, even ever hear about this Jack of Terror ever again, nor did he wish to be further contacted. So I indeed was now on my own with this. <gasps> I've now come to realise that it's much worse than either of them originally described it. Oh dear, the poor man. The minute I was driving away from the man's house with this musical box in my car, the gauges on my dashboard were rapidly bouncing up and down. My fuel light was on and dinging even though I had three quarters of a tank of gas when I arrived at the house to get this musical box. <gasps> It's a bit like the Warrens when they were driving Annabelle home. Mm. The engine light was flashing and dinging and the low tyre pressure light was on. The temperature displayed 27 degrees Fahrenheit. That was actually around 72 degrees Fahrenheit outside. Oh, it's gone colder than the pits of hell. <laughs> I, I quickly pulled over and checked everything out. My tyres were not low at all. I couldn't find anything wrong anywhere else. Before jumping to conclusions by thinking all of this had to do with the musical box, I decided to take my car straight to my mechanic just to make sure I wasn't having an electrical problem. Oh, bless them for being so thoughtful there. The mechanic not only looked over things himself, but also did a diagnostic test. In the end, everything checked out fine. The mechanic said he was completely puzzled. I had a sneaking suspicion of exactly what the problem was. Still, I wasn't 100% sure that it was the musical box causing these things to happen because even the mechanic said that sometimes vehicles can just do weird things like this. So I wasn't quite convinced, just like my phone was doing weird things earlier. Mm -hmm. Upon arriving home, I took Jack of Terror inside and hopped back into the car to do a test drive now that it wasn't in my car anymore. Sure enough, all the gauges and warning lights were off and everything was just fine with the car. But when I got home, everything was not fine. I walked in the house and I kid you not, this musical Jack of Terror was levitating right in front of me. You're probably asking, oh my gosh, what did you do? Well, I'll tell you exactly what I did. I got the hell out of there. Is this, is this whole post on eBay? It was. This, this is a book. This, this is it like is. a book. It is. That's what I said. I wish they had a limit on the words that they'd put down for descriptions. <sighs> I got the hell up and out of there and uh, what I did, because at this point I could now really see that there was more to the truth than this man had told me for sure. I was freaked out because the man never once told me that the music box levitated. I thought that what I saw happen at this house was all this thing did, but clearly not. Laughter and words spoken that none of us could understand at all. Maybe he was afraid to tell me everything because he thought I'd back 
out of the deal. I don't know, but I am not going to withhold any information about this musical box because I want the new owner to be aware of everything I and others have experienced before it's purchased. Oh, that's a that's a caring seller right oh, there. Oh, it is. They deserve five stars from their feedback. So at that moment, I called a few of my friends and told them what was going on and asked them if they would come and give me a hand. As they do. this is this is epic, and they they'd done several times before with other possessed dolls or items I've had. They have a little soiree. Yeah. Um, That's okay because we don't have the news at quarter past, so I can go for a little bit longer. That's okay. It's all good. Okay. Um, So I stayed by myself uh, out in the car until the friends arrived. Once my friends arrived, we all went in together, and I quickly realised that the Jack of Terror wasn't in the living room where it had been initially left. Carefully scaling through the house, we found it in the dead centre of the floor in the spare bedroom at the back end of the house, popping up and down rapidly and the music playing rapidly as well, all on its own. This thing was completely out of control. My friends and I camped out in the living room and noticed that the musical box had moved to several different areas of the house that night. I tried to make contact with the attached demon, but the only responses I could get were all of dark, evil laughter and words spoken that none of us could understand. We have seen dark shadows appearing on the walls. On one occasion, we saw an imprint of a face protruding out of one of the walls of my house. That was on um, Stranger Things where things were coming out of the walls. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Doors were slammed shut and locked and I've had nightmares where the musical box was hovering over me in the dreams. Oh my God, this just keeps going on and on. Levitate, play music, shake rapidly. The demon attached to the music box that you see here in the photos is the exact musical box and it gives you the dimensions so that you know he is only little. It does give you precautionary warnings. I'm not going to read all that because that goes on for another two pages. Um, But... Renata, I want you to have a guess how much that sold for mm. in US dollars. Okay. Um, 200 You ready to hang on to your knickers? How much did it go for? 1185 what? US dollars. What? See what happens when you tell a what? good story? Oh People will suck that up. Goodness gracious me. So, Jack of Terror, trash or treasure? A load of crap. <laughs> I like the actual Jack in the Box. I, I would have given them 50 bucks for that, but uh, honest to God. <gasps> oh, people. Let's go to a song. I need a yeah. break after. I need a cigarette or something. <laughs> Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata, only on Newcastle Live Radio. And we are back. This is Anne and Renata on Spooky Sundays. And we hope we are cheering you up this Sunday evening with a few laughs and something a little bit funny to keep your day or your evening happy. We're going into a new week, and for us it means extra lockdown time. So we're just doing the best that we can. We are here to entertain and amuse you. Yeah, and I have to say that during lockdown there has been things happening for me. Yes. My grey roots are getting much longer in the hair and I'm growing a great moustache. I, awesome. I think the monobrow's coming in as well. <laughs> That's just delightful, eh? I didn't realise how much I, I loved mm. that stuff until you can't do it. Thank you. Now, after 9.30, we're going to have the delightful Christy from Spells and Spirits coming back on and she's going to be giving us some tips 
to de-stress. Not distress, but de-stress. <laughs> but um, I'm going to hand it over to you for your next gorgeous story. Yeah. Well, I don't know how gorgeous this one is. Oh, this is, this is Jesus. Oh, this Jesus is back. Oh, okay. Jesus All right. Is back. So I like to bring you weird stories from around the world. And this one is about the sins of sex-obsessed Jesus of Siberia. Oh, gee, I'm glad we're on this late. <laughs> now, please, I'm not. I'm, I'm not being anti any religion here. Put your kiddies to bed, right? Okay. He declared himself the Son of God and mesmerized fifty thousand followers, uh, but he was arrested, and it turned out he was not the Messiah. <laughs> Just a very naughty boy. Just a very naughty boy. And that was actually the um, the heading that they put in there. Look, I, I've, I've sourced my information from several different places, mm-hmm. and, and one of those, of course, is our gorgeous Fortean Times. Mm-hmm. Got I everything. love Fortean Times. Let me tell you all about Sergei on Torop, 59, known as Visarion, was arrested by Russian police in Siberia, um, and they, they descended on Petrov Pavlov. Lovka, which sits uh, east of Moscow. I'm not going to go into all that, but he, he was exploiting 5,000 Russian followers, 200 of whom lived with him in the city of the sun. He got a rude awakening that week when the Russian secret police mounted a dawn raid on his home in a remote part of Siberia. Four helicopters and dozens of heavily armed troops in a fleet of vans and buses descended on the hav- hamlet of Petrov Pavlovka. <laughs> you did very well. Petro Pavlovka. There. Within minutes, they had located their target and masked men in camouflage gear, bundled the handcuffed, handcuffed, handcuffed trop off into a waiting chopper as others with machine guns kept his associates at bay. Mm. The unusual aspect of the operation was that he wasn't a murderer or anything like that. He wasn't wanted for tax fraud, but he was a former traffic cop. Mm. And was known as Jesus of Siberia. And it looks pretty jazzy in that um, red velvet well, that, that outfit. Was, that was in his early days. Because <laughs> he actually was right. he had people following him for three decades. Oh. So this, this sex, sexy Jesus has been there for a while. Oh, there um, you go. So his church was the Church of the Last Testament. It was based in a settlement that he um, renamed the City of Sun. Usually seen in long flowing robes, reminiscent of the Messiah himself. Torop, who goes by the name of Vizard, and was clad instead in an unspiritual-looking tracksuit. Nice. Um, his arrest prompted comparisons with other notori- notorious Russian mystics, Grigory Rasputin, mm-hmm. who wormed his way into the affections of Russia's imperial royal family in the early 20th century. And there are striking uh, similarities between the man, not least in their sexual liberalism. I don't think that means he voted Liberal or Labor. I think it just meant he was, yeah, throwing it around. Uh, Rasputin dubbed Russia's greatest love machine. Oh, we should have had that song tonight. You can see it. Rasputin. Anyway. Um, By sleeping with a woman, he took on her sins and thus helped her find the grace of God. Free with his favours, he had a penchant for orgies with nuns. (laughs) 
You do. That you do. They got nothing else to do. A century later, the Siberian Jesus appears to have espoused a moral code similar to that of Rasputin and at odds with the Christian teachings. Mm. Um, So they had a French journalist that popped in and described some of the things that were going on during the, the, the sermon. The crowd parted in a human tunnel to allow the approach of the man they knew as the teacher. The mood was a throwback to the hippie fervor of the 60s with a dash of a opo- I can't say apocalyptic fanaticism. Words is hard. Um, So Tropov's view was that women should serve men and just as men should serve God. Three years ago, he told the BBC, we have a school of noble maidens here. We're preparing girls to become future wives, future brides for worthy men. Oh, my goodness. Ooh, oh. feel a babbit coming on. Oh. He had fathered six children of his own. Oh, God, I thought it would have been more than that. And to boost the community's birth rate still further, insisted women should share their husbands in polygamous so-called triangles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. While men have to wait for their wife's permission before bringing a new partner home, his own marriage did not survive the experiment. His first wife leaving him after he married a 19-year-old who had modelled for his paintings. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she was clothed. Yeah, this sounds very reminiscent of some of the other more um, interesting saviours around the world. Mm. We might wonder how a messiah had time for such hobbies as painting, but the Church of the Last Testament appears to have been shaped very much around what Tropov, Torop, sorry, uh, and what suited him. Indeed, it set its calendar by the year since his birth, putting us at the year 59 when this was written. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he was the son of a construction worker in southern Russia. He was conscripted into the Red Army before working in a factory pursuing law enforcement, which later he admitted was a strange choice for a son of God. (laughs) My behaviour was very different to other officers, he said. I wanted to forgive people and free them too easily. This may explain why he lost his job in 1989, the year before his awakening. Um, This initially involved believing Jesus was watching over us close to earth and that the Virgin Mary was running Russia. Right. Mm -hmm. Later, he decided he was reborn the son of God with the fall of the Soviet Empire, bringing an abrupt end to 70 years of official atheism in 1991. He journeyed to Moscow and told passers-by, our heavenly father sent me here today. But people at that time were hungry to believe in something, so he started to attract a crowd. But not just a crowd of the the regular Russian people, but also notable figures, uh, including chief priests uh, who were in the Red Army. Now, remember last week's story? I was talking about the missiles not mm-hmm. being allowed to be blessed anymore. Yes, yes. Well, they must have been sort of upset about that and have gone off with the new Jesus. He sold his home. He left his job and followed... Um, so, sorry, this is the um, some of the people, the doctors and the lawyers, they sold their, their homes, they left everything behind and went off into the wilds of Siberia following Visarion. Proclaiming the end of the world was nigh, Visarion promised disciples salvation as long as they surrendered to him their money and their possessions mm-hmm. and followed the strict rules in the last testament, which was actually his nine-volume sequel to the Bible. <laughs> Available on Amazon and all good bookshops online. Oh, no. 
uh, along with such laudable aims to, as kindness to all, there were some surpro- surprising sort of specific things in there as well, such as which brand of washing powder you were allowed to use. Mm-hmm. This sounds normal. Um, he also prohibited alcohol and tobacco. Everyone had to be vegan. Money was banned and dissent was not tolerated. <laughs> uh, not that he seemed to abide by many of these rules himself. While his followers endured freezing winters in Siberia in their thin-walled huts, he rarely appeared amongst them. Instead, he luxuriated in a three-storey chalet they had constructed for him on a mountain peak, reportedly equipped with wooden verandas and warm towels, along with... I love how warm towels is listed as a thing. Uh, As long as with the latest hi-fi equipment and a flat-screen TV. Mm -hmm. Do as I say and not Mm -hmm. as I do. And he uh, appeared to have lavish visits to spiritual friends in India, including uh, Ravi Shankar, Mm -hmm. the sitar player. Uh, And and there was lots of portraits of him around his walls as well. Mm-hmm. Poor buggers weren't allowed to enjoy Christmas uh, or New Year. They abolished that. Instead, they had a feast day on his birthday. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, yes, on such occasions, he would uh, roar down the mountain on his snowmobile, accompanied by Vadim Redkin, a former drummer in a Soviet boy band. <laughs> Gets better and better. <laughs> and he was his John the Baptist. Uh-huh. Um, as one of the two aides, uh, he also got arrested. Oh, boy. A witness recalls his followers being enthralled as they lit candles, sang songs and watched Visari on blessing loaves of bread. Oh, but as the temperature dropped to minus 50, one woman collapsed and slumped unconscious into the snow before being carried away. Other disturbing accounts suggest that in the 90s, some devotees died either of suicide, um, a practice that was said to be endorsed by Fisarion, um, or that they died from lack of medical care. So it was... They end up saying that basically he had mental disorders. I mean, hello. (laughs) Um, But... Yeah, well, I mean, what can you do with this sort of thing? Um, account of the accounts of the winter's night. There was a murder, um, and I think. Oh no, hang on. No, that talking about. You made me jump because you made me look sorry, at the time there, sorry. and you you're not and saying it's gone to, past half past. It has. It has. We have to go um, to a song. So let's just say that he held sway for over fifty thousand people, and he apparently used to preach over. Skype as well, around the world. So he was known around the world. Um, But sadly now he has gone to jail and we think the reason why they actually took him off to jail is because he started to stick his fingers into deals that the Soviets... Renata's face, it's just what I was going to say, into deals that the Soviet army had um, and that he was getting in the road. So they left him alone until he started trying to pilfer from them. Mm. Okay, we're going to go to a song. Hope you enjoyed that. the last half hour. Yeah, that was amazing. Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata, only on Newcastle Live Radio. Hello, everyone. We are back and it's our last 15, 16, 17, Yeah, we're running minutes. a little bit of overtime here. Ooh, never mind. And we have a special guest with us to talk all things stressful. Hello, Miss Christie. <laughs> Hello, how are you? We're doing fine. What have you got for us this week? Well, first of all, I just want to give you a quick update from last week's full moon bay leaf spell that we did. I was contacted by one of your listeners mm-hmm. to let me know that um, she actually did the spell on that night of the full moon. 
and received seven hundred dollars the next week. Holy moly! Oh. During the week, she got seven hundred bucks. Awesome! I wish I did it now. There we go. So, but well, tonight, talking all things de-stress, not distress. De-stress. De-stress. Um, but also our spiritual hygiene as well. So I think at this time when we're in lockdown and, you know, we're in the energy of a lot more people closer every single day Um, and the collective as well, you know, there's a lot of energy happening um, out there with all things that are happening. So it's important that, you know, not only do we wash our physical body, but we also give our energetic body a shampoo and blow dry every day as well. Oh, nice. So this is really simple. You can just do it in your daily shower. And that's just when you're washing your body. You can also say, you can say it out loud, you can say it in your mind, that you also wash away any energy that's not your own. You wash away any negativity from the past and you can release whatever does not serve me and just imagine it going down the drain. That's, so as simple as uh, yeah, that. That's a good tip. It's a great visualisation thing. It's something I do in the shower every day too is I just imagine that water running over me and it's taking away all my stress and anxiety and, and flushing it out into the world and, and uh, Mother Nature cleans it all back up and, and spits it back out as good stuff. That's right, because it all builds up on its like layers. Yeah. Now, another thing we can do is also um, wear crystals or throw crystals in our handbags, in our cars or whatever to absorb some of that energy that's coming to us. So mainly the black crystals like black tourmaline, shungite, onyx, smoky quartz are all good ones to help absorb some of that negativity. So why do witches always wear black? Because it absorbs negativity, that's why. Ah, yes, and people think it's because they're evil, and it's not. Not no. at all. No, Satan wears red, so, you know. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> red satin. But, um, but you know, another good crystal you can use as well is Labradorite. So that's really great for also repelling negativity, but it's also a very grounding stone. And I think that's what really what is what we're needing is right now is a lot of grounding. So you might find yourself at home constantly eating, like really putting on those COVID kilos, putting in a good effort for that. Yes. Um, but I'm putting my hand up grass, for that. Yeah, me too. I I ate constantly the other day. But you can also stand on the grass and that can really help to make that connection to earth and feel grounded rather than trying to eat and spiritually weighing yourself down with all of that food. That's true. And also, I'm I'm always, sorry? No, no, no. It's it's such good advice. It is. is. (laughs) I'll make it up as I go along. (laughs) You're supposed to say you've researched for ages on all of this. No. But also meditation, and I'm mm-hmm. always going to say that's my first choice for everything, daily meditation practice. Yeah, absolutely. Even if it's just one or two minutes, even if it's just a few deep breaths in the car yep. before you have to get out and to go to work or just a few deep breaths after you've left work and you're in the car and you're just about to go home before you uh, chop somebody's head off at home with um, some angry statements, a few deep breaths, Yeah. Yeah. And also there's a lot of feelings of anxiety and things like that as well. And one thing that I guess one thing that we're really struggling here in New South Wales is having to wear a mask and really having that, you know, feelings of oxygen being restricted Mm -hmm. and can really bring up feelings of anxiety. So a practice that we do at the beginning of all my meditation classes is we do some sets of breathing. So it's simply just breathing in for five, holding for five, 
And on the exhale, exhaling for five, but all you do is really relax your shoulders and simply let the air just flow out. Awesome. I used to do that in my singing lessons as well, and it just slows people, uh, slows their breathing down um, and gets them more centred. Yeah. Mm. And so especially when you're having feelings of anxiety, so if you can control your breath, then it's easier to control the next thing and the next thing so you're not actually feeling out of control with anxiety. Oh, thank you thank so you, much. Thank you, Christy. So if anybody wants you're to welcome. get in contact with Christy, um, her Facebook page and website is Spells and Spirits, and uh, she's here to give advice, to help, and also do uh, sell you some awesome stuff online. So check yeah. out her shop. But we're going to have to go to a song. So thanks a lot, Christy. Thanks for having me. Bye. 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 Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata, only on Newcastle Live Radio. And you're back with Anne and Renata on Spooky Sundays. It's our last few minutes. And a big shout-out to Louise as well, who got us onto her show. And we still do the regular Friday tarot questions with her. We do. We do. We love you, Louise. Now, we've run really short on time tonight because some of my stories just went on for a tad too long. They but did. We're going to sneak in a tarot question. So we've got a, a question for Darren. When will I finally find happiness and contentment in my life? Now, Renata's going to be reading from her tarot deck. She reads from the right a weight style tarot deck or this is the golden tarot you've got mm-hmm. isn't it yep and uh, I read from our very own naughty and nice oracle cards that we created ourselves um, so Renata's talented and I make it up <laughs> And when people ask about finding happiness, it's a really, it's it's a really hard question to answer because no one can make you happy if you're not happy within yourself. Mm-hmm. And we go back to all of these fabulous movie stars that seemingly have everything or look perfect, but when you actually ask them, they say, "No, I'm I'm happy. My my life feels empty." And the, the whole thing or one of the, the thing when you look at the psychology of people is that they have to have this mission. There is something in your life that you feel you need to do or you need to be some sort of joy that you have to find for yourself uh, and no one can hand it to you on a plate or say this is when it's going to happen. It's going to happen on October the 12th this year. You're going to be happy. Um, And uh, what my question would be is what is making you so unhappy now? What do you feel is unfulfilling for you and is so hard to attain? And for this I have um, the Emperor card in front of me and the Emperor is Uh, a card that talks about the lack of being in control in your case and of this sense of waiting, 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 waiting patiently for the perfect time to be who you truly need to be. And honestly, you're running out of patience. So if you don't do it now, you never will. Oh, and I've drawn you a naughty card, the naughty and nice cards. And this was, I have to put in a substitute word here, but I'm sure you'll work out what it says. Feck me, you're stubborn. Give in a bit, will you? So you must be the sort of person that likes to dig your heels in and be right. So maybe you need just to bend a little bit and uh, and um, maybe be willing to listen to other people as well, rather than being right all the time and 
maybe that will uh, help a little bit. I hope that helps. Now, if anyone is listening and would like a tarot card reading via email or phone, you can contact me on luckypsychic.com. That is my webpage. Not me. And I will be able to um, sort you out there. Uh, but we have come to the end of tonight. And Darren had asked another great question too, but it was such a huge question. I didn't. I'll just quickly tell you. What steps do you take to ensure true debunking of paranormal activities or occurrences? That's huge. It's huge. That's that's a whole show. We might have to do. We might have to start with that next week. Yeah, we might um, do a little presentation on. Do, do a workshop. In. We'll do a PowerPoint. Mm. <laughs> We're doing so many powerpoints this week. It's ridiculous. What have you touched there, Renata? Don't, don't, don't. don't. I've I only got one more button to press. Don't, don't make me lose my shite. Right now. But we need to say good night and goodbye, everyone. Uh, we have a song and some ads before the news, and we do want to be on time. So, on behalf of myself and Miss Anne over there, and Gertz, who's been with us all night long, thank you so much for your continued support. Please. Let people know that we are on Share the Love. Uh, And, of course, we will be back here next Sunday. Most mysteries can be solved by looking at the facts. But sometimes the facts don't give us the answer. So it's time to call in Anne and Renata. Spooky Sundays, when the truth lies beyond a logical answer. Dive deep into the world of the unknown with real ghost stories and the unexplainable, sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. It's Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Sunday from 8pm, only on Newcastle Live.